This is the Good Things Guy podcast with myself, Brendan DeCute, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. I'm on a mission to change what the world pays attention to. I truly believe that there's good news all around us, and I spend my time hunting down and reporting on the best good news stories from South Africa and the world. In the Good Things Guy podcast, you'll meet these everyday heroes and hear their incredible stories. Graham Codrington, a South African author, futurist, and strategy consultant, has been very vocal about the coronavirus and what that means for South Africa. Some of his thoughts are quite serious, and some of them are uplifting, but underlying, they are always quite hopeful. I can always find a little bit of hope in what Graham talks about. He has featured on the show before exactly a week before lockdown was initiated in South Africa. And now almost, what, 120 days later, we have him back on the show. And I want to find out if he's still as hopeful. Graham, welcome to Good Things Guy Jackpot. It's great to have you here. Hey, Brent. Nice to chat to you again. And as I mentioned to you a few weeks ago, you and me, we, we have a date as soon as we're allowed to. It's ridiculous that we only speak to each other every 120 days and haven't met face-to-face yet. <laughs> 120 days. I can't believe how much has happened in 120 oh. days. And it's so funny because I recently, I'm sure you've seen, and, and we'll get into this, but, but South Africa is angry, right? People on social media are angry. People are feeling frustrated. The social distancing has made people get a little bit crazy. And I thought I'd be funny. So I put up the status. And when I was typing the things that we've been through in the last 120 days, I couldn't believe that we fitted it all in. And I'll just give you a sentence. I said, first, we were panic buying toilet paper. Then we were starting to bake banana bread. There may have been some clapping at seven, jogging between six and nine and pineapple beer in the middle. Can you believe it's been 120 days that South Africa has been locked down for? It really doesn't feel like it's, it's kind of only half a year. It does feel like it's a, a year or two of our lives. So, you know, one of my daughters is in first year of varsity. Well, that was the plan, right? UCT, <laughs> first year, all of her dreams and plans. And she's kind of two bedrooms down from her parents for the whole year. And to kind of watch lockdown in the world through her eyes, it is just a whole different level of perspective as well. It, it, it's been a, a lifetime for all of us uh, in, in the last few months. Uh, unbelievable. It really has. And that's interesting that you bring up that point. I was having a discussion the other day about how as adults, we kind of are supposed, I mean, we can call ourselves adults. We're all kids at heart. But as adults, we're supposed to have this idea how to handle stress. So during this time, a lot of us have been sort of like ducks on water where we've been like, okay, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. And underneath our legs are kicking crazy, trying to just figure it all out. But I don't know, and, and maybe you can point me in the right direction, having kids in the house. I don't know if they have the same levels to deal with this loss of normality and this craziness going on. How are your kids doing? So I've got a, a 15-year-old, a nearly 19-year-old, and then a 21-year-old, and different experiences uh, for each of them. Uh, you know, at that age, I think a year or two makes a huge difference to your life experience. I, I wouldn't have wanted this last year to, to have Hannah in matric, for example. That yeah. must be extraordinarily stressful. Matric is bad in itself, but then to have this, this added thing on top of it. At one level, I think young people are, are handling this maybe better than older people because they haven't yet fully formed what normal is. 
So they haven't yet got into the, the rhythm and the patterns of, of what they think their life should be. And so whatever happens, happens. You know, young people are bulletproof in their own heads. They can do anything, be anything, go anywhere. Yet, on the other hand, young people live with expectations, whether it's just the expectation for what I do this Saturday with my mates or whether it's the expectation of finishing this year so I can start something new next year and the excitement of, of life stages that, that come quickly after each other. And so I, I don't know if, if it's better to be young because you've, you just deal with whatever happens and you can handle it, or it's worse to be young because you, you're feeling in the desperation of, of youth and the desire to grow up that your future is just going nowhere at the moment. So to be honest, I'm not sure uh, whether I would prefer to be young or not at this stage, um, because I think they've got their own issues that they're dealing with that, that I'm not dealing with at this stage with COVID. Well, I must tell you, after 120 days, you're still the same guy. You're still exactly the same guy. There's still a level of hope under your insightfulness that I'm glad you haven't lost. There is a lot of angry people right now. And you, being a big social media player, you must have seen a lot of, and I'm not going to say the country, a lot of the world are just really angry right now. It's, the, it's this bizarre thing where we've become sort of mistrusting in our leaders. We're not believing things that are, that are put in front of us that are facts. There's a lot of conspiracy theorists. It's all just, it's, it's a lot, right? It is a lot. And you know what? The other day I tried to make sense of this and somebody asked me to contribute to a book of lockdown reflections. And because I had done about 100 days of the lockdown reflections, I went back to see if there was any one of those I could just sort of pull out and hand over, make my life easy. And I realized that we've all learned a lot of stuff and we've, we've changed during 100 plus days of lockdown. So I, I had to go to a different level. And I went back and to the Kubler-Ross and Kessler model of the stages of grief. Mm -hmm. So I think this is one of the more famous therapeutic and psychological models, that there are definite stages that you go through when, when you're grieving, when something goes wrong in, in your life. And for those who don't have it off the top of their head, it, it's denial, then anger, then bargaining, then depression, then acceptance. And, and in recent years, David Kessler, um, who is still alive, has added a, a sixth stage called finding meaning. And these are not stages, so you don't go through one, finish it off, and then start the next one. They, they're kind of like waves and cycles. And I think initially, probably when we spoke 120 days ago, it was a few days before lockdown, and I had put out a, a video or two, one that went particularly viral at that stage, saying, hey, guys, this is big, right? This is going to be huge. It's going to change our world. And a lot of people were arguing with it. And, and I was putting that out not to scare people, but just to kind of get people ready for it. Mm -hmm. And I saw immediately the denial, right? And for different people, I think we can all look back. And, and there was probably that moment of realization. For me, I'm a huge sports fan. It was when the sports was canceled, when the cricketers came back from India and they didn't even play a game, when the football you know, the English Premier League was cancelled. I was very happy. I'm a Manchester United supporter, so very happy to see the, the Liverpool guys freaking out for a few months. Uh, that was 
Um, but, I th- I, you know, different people had it in different ways. For some people, it's when a friend or a family member gets COVID or there's a scare of COVID. And then you realize, okay, this is real. This is not a joke anymore, you know. And then the next phase is, is anger. And it, it, it's actually a little bit, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous, if I'm nervous of anything, is that I think people are battling to get beyond anger. The, to get beyond anger, you, you go to bargaining. And if you're a little bit religious, that's normally when you bargain with God. You know, <laughs> if I do this, then, then, then you'll do that. And, you know, and, but bargaining can take lots of forms. And I think the conspiracy theory is the bargaining. Because this conspiracy theory stuff is saying this can't just be random. Yes, this can't just be this can't just be something that just happened. That's not in anybody's control. It must be designed. It mm-hmm. must be either deliberate by some evil cabal of leaders, or it must be a mistake because of our technology. You know, so it's the five G, or it's Bill Gates and his vaccines, or something. And so you're trying to. You're trying to get to a bargaining and then through bargaining to some kind of acceptance that this isn't just random and out of control and there's nothing we can do. We can, if we can work out what this is, we can fix it. We all need to realize that we've still got to get through depression. I know some people are on a little bit of depression, but actually more people are angry and bargaining mm-hmm. than they are depressed. And I really honestly, uh, Brent, I think this model is helpful for us because it, it, it shows us where we have to go to next, we are going to have to be sad and give ourselves permission to grieve what wasn't. You know, think of a matric student who who can't go to the matric dance, who who doesn't get first team colors, who who doesn't have that final assembly. I mean, goodness, man, you should cry about that stuff. And And I think it's unhealthy if we're not sad at any stage. So I don't consider myself happy. I consider myself hopeful. But I've gone through deep sadness to sadness of birthdays missed, of weddings canceled, sadness of oh, the deep sadness. And I know you've experienced this and, and, and you've taught me, Brent, to express some of this stuff as well. That the, the, the WhatsApp messages, the phone calls we're getting from people we know, in your case, the, the good thing guys system you've set up that allow people to contact us and say, please help me, I'm desperate. Yeah. Good grief, my, my heart has been broken more this year than, than the rest of the, the, you know, the last 20 years put together. But in the end, what this model, sorry, I'm speaking a lot, but let me just finish this. No, that, I find this so interesting and I'll, I'll, I'll just interrupt you for one second. So yeah. on, on the 5th of April, it was day 17 of self-isolation and day 10 of the lockdown for me. And I was, I was, I don't know if it's bargaining or what I was trying to do, but I was trying to figure out what I was feeling and what that, mm-hmm. what that, this thing in the pit of my stomach, what it was and where it was coming from. Mm-hmm. And I Googled until I was blue in the face. And the only thing it came down to a bunch of clever people had said that globally the world right now and back then and still now is dealing with what they called anticipatory grief because it's waiting for the loss of. So you're grieving, but you haven't quite figured out why you're grieving. And it's the loss. It's the loss of normalcy. It's, it's the, yeah. the fear. It's the loss of what we are going to lose, the businesses. I mean, we're going through it now with the restaurants. And that's all I just wanted to say is the anticipatory grief is so real. And it's something that I've been reading up on throughout this lockdown. You're exactly right. And, and, and in fact, I was going to get to that because that starts the whole cycle again, right? So you start with lockdown and, and, and we all fight lockdown and we think this is ridiculous. And then you say, okay, we can deal with lockdown. 
okay. And then we suddenly realize, oh, the government is not going to be helping restaurants. They're going to give taxi drivers, and then you can start to feel the anger coming up. They're going to give the taxi industry some money, and they're going to give all their mates some money, and the restaurants and the, the hotels are getting nothing. And so what happens is those stages of grief all start again. The first thing you do is you, den you deny it. You say, that's not possible. I can't believe they'd be that stupid. Then you get angry again. Then you go into the bargaining, the depression, the acceptance. And we're, I think we're going to go through these cycles uh, a few times. The problem is, and, and, and Bridget, you, you and I have experienced this over the years now. Uh, I think you're slightly newer into being a sort of public social media person than I am. But, oh, man, you, people come at you, right? You, you've experienced this. <laughs> all the time, Graham, all the time. Please tell me how to stop it. And social media amplifies <laughs> big emotions. And sadly, it's designed, it's especially Facebook, the algorithm is designed to find the anger and amplify it because that's what gets more likes. Mm -hmm. Anger gets way more likes than happiness, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the algorithm is designed to find that and amplify it. And so that's why I think we're coming around over and over again and just see, see anger, bargaining. There's going to be depression and acceptance. And ultimately, and this is why I'm hopeful, ultimately the sixth stage now that David Kessler is adding to the model, and I, and I think it's perfect, I think it's exactly right, is finding meaning. And you, you know what? When, if we look back in history and we, and we read people who came out the other side of horrific things and disasters and horrible stuff. Those who did survive are, are always scarred by it. They've, they've got their, their scars, but they always say, it formed me. It made me who I am. And would they choose to go through it again? <laughs> Probably not. It's Never. Not. And they're not trying to be some saintly person to say, I, I love difficulty and hardship. Mm. But honestly, if the best people you and I know, think of all the people that we know, the, the saints, the, the wise people, the, those people who walk in a room and they don't burst into a room with big, bold personalities. They just infuse the room with light. All of those people have got stories of pain and hurt that shaped them to be the greatest humans we know. There's no person who's the great who's on the greatest humans list who had an easy life and so the meaning that we will ultimately discover is that we were shaped and formed during this time and let's be honest compared to what some of our ancestors have gone through i mean we binging netflix as you <laughs> cowing mushrooms you know to your heart's content i mean yeah. this is us being heroes in history right yeah staying at staying at home and staying safe i realize i'm being a bit flippant i know lots of people are struggling and and there are people in in dire poverty that are struggling but i'm talking about myself yes uh, in, oh, yeah, in yeah. but but the the difficulty that the world go is going through right now is an invitation and our invitation is to rise above anger and bargaining and depression and to find the acceptance and meaning in it and to become better people.
And we have to go through the valley to come out the other side. But let's keep moving when we find ourselves in the valley. And so that's my hope. We will deal with the, the COVID. It will either go away. I'm not saying Donald Trump's right in the way he says it, but it, it, it will go away because that's what happens with viruses. Yeah. Our systems, the virus and, and us, we find a symbiotic relationship or we find a vaccine or whatever, whatever. It, it will go away. And then we will need to look back and ask, am I proud? of how I was present in that moment. And being sad is fine. You can be proud of, of being sad and, and, and learning through that. Being depressed is perfectly acceptable. You wouldn't be human if you weren't depressed in this. Being angry is fine as long as you realize it's a stage and you move through it. And as long as your anger leads you to positive action on behalf of yourself and others, then anger is fine as a stage. But if you stick in anger and you make anger selfish and narcissistic, that's where we've got a problem. And that's where I think many people are stuck at the moment. So I hope we can help them. And I know that the stuff that you do is, is helping them so much. So thank you for all the work you've done in the last 120 days. Well, listen, to propel yourself in anger is only going to lead to more anger. If you use that as a focus to put your energy into and push it out into the universe, you're only going to get anger back. And definitely, I, I can only relate it to social media right now, but I have watched people unravel in front of me where there are threads in comment sections where I just think to myself, how have I ever sat across from this person and had dinner? Like, who are they? That's the, the, but I guess it's what you're saying. They're stuck in that angry place and they're just not finding their way out of it. If I have to ask, Graham, because this is not easy, so you make it sound like a simple task, but I'm sure that it takes daily work to understand your mental wellness and to try to figure out how to get to a place that's meaningful. If someone's listening right now and they, they're literally seeing red, like they're, it's just all pent up inside of there. How do we let that go? How do we move into another phase? Sure. Um, you know, I, I suppose, and, and, and this is why this, this model, and as I was thinking about what you and I could chat about today, I was hoping this model would be useful. I suppose there's a few things to do. The first one is to understand this model, is to realize anger is natural. Anger is part of the process. If you haven't got angry yet about COVID, you haven't understood it properly, right? Yep. So you do have to go through anger, and you can just look yourself in the mirror and realize it's okay. However, as you've just said, the danger is, is getting stuck there and that even worse of a danger is enjoying it. So it becomes your, your new normal, if you like. Yeah. So you've got to realize it is a phase that you need to go through. And then I do think you need to, to externalize that anger. What I mean by externalize the anger is not be angry at somebody. Everybody's trying to be angry at somebody at the moment. You are angry at the government because of their regulations, angry at the corrupt people who are stealing our money. What we need to do is to say, where should the anger actually go? Now, in my opinion, the anger should be at COVID. There are very few people who are saying, I'm angry at this disease. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the real place that we should all join together and, and be angry with. And then you think, well, how's it going to help us to be angry at COVID? Does, does COVID care? Is COVID worried about our anger? No. And then you suddenly realize, well, my, my anger is not helping. So what you then do is you take the energy the anger gives you and you say, well, what can I then do? What can my response be? 
And instead of my response as being, I'm angry at somebody, my response can be is, let me do something. And I think the easiest thing to do is to do something for somebody else. And I, that sounds so simple, like it won't work. But honestly, if you are listening right now and you're thinking, I, that's me, I'm, I feel stuck in my anger, I feel stuck in my depression, I feel stuck, COVID has, has got me stuck. Well, you know what? If you are listening to this podcast right now, you are better off than millions of people in the world who mm-hmm. have no electricity, who, who have no money for airtime, who have no technology. So you are not the worst off person in the world, and you're probably not the worst off person that you know. Yep. So think of somebody who is worse off than you, contact them, and see if you can do something for them. I love that. I love that. I think, I love that's, that. It. And- I think that's it. And then do it again tomorrow. And then do it twice on Friday and do it five times on the weekend and then see what happens next. So it's something that we were taught when we were very young was that when you do something for someone else without expecting anything in return, it really does change your heart. And kindness can change the world. It sounds so cliche. I'm sorry to say that. But being kind and and helping each other through this. And it could be as simple as picking up the phone. Self-isolation is not nice. And maybe isolating with your family is not nice. I don't don't know what people are going through. But a simple phone call just to say that you are there can totally change someone's day. So I love that, Graham. Thank you. Thank you. I feel more hopeful speaking to you. You really are a beautiful light in this world. And I need to thank you for everything you do. And thank you for coming into my life. It was all just... um, by accident, really, social media connected us. But you have really been uh, a huge source of inspiration to me and someone I really, really looked up, look, looked up to. I still look up to you. <laughs> someone I really look up to. You're insightful and you're very wise and, and you're able to translate and communicate various messages perfectly. It speaks to my soul. Oh, thanks so, so much, Brent. And, and you know what? This is what I hope people will then discover. You know, and another thing that we could begin to do that could maybe lift the COVID mood would be to say, what are some of the things that have happened during the last few months that are maybe unexpected delights? Maybe delight is, is too big a word, but just unexpected moments of light. And it might be small, but it might be people you've connected with or insights you've had or things you've been able to do that are not going to, I'm not looking for something that's so big it takes away the, the pain of COVID, but it, it provides a pinprick of light. And, and here's where you can pin a bit of hope to that, is that in a year or two's time, however long it takes, COVID will be history. So we know that. That is a fact. There is no doubt about it. However it happens, COVID will be history. But some of those things, like, for example, our connection, Brent, you and me, we know we're going to meet up, we're going to have a meal together, uh, we're going to have great conversations and good laughs and excellent insights. And uh, who knows where that will go? Will will that end up being a, a friendship that lasts a long time? Is it just going to be a passing connection? You don't know. I don't know. But we've got hopes for it, right? Yep. We think it might be something interesting. It, it might be something special. And maybe it would never have happened if 2020 hadn't have happened. And so, you know, if you've got a list of those things and then you've got one thing and two things and three things on your list, 
you suddenly realize if you begin to allow yourself, that list begins to grow. And you realize, you know, things are still happening. What, who was it? John Lennon who said, life is what happens while you're making other plans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is our life now. And let's look for the good in it. Uh, 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 grab that good and amplify the good. This we'll makes me so happy. I needed this conversation today. And I'm sure that many listeners who are tuning into this podcast um, will pick up on these good vibrations as well. I must tell you, I started a post-corona goals list. I don't know, a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago. And it's actually become an evolution of things that I want to do list that I can do now. So as of the beginning of August, the wilds um, will be open again. And I've never been there. I've never been to this beautiful place in Johannesburg. Mm. So mm. that was on my list for post-corona goals. But it's actually happening in the next couple of days. I'm going to take my pups and I'm going to go to the park and see something that I would have never have seen before or had time to see. So I agree with you. Be kind, help each other out. And um, yeah, find these little bits of light in this really traumatic yeah. time. How, how's that for a really great idea, right? I, I, before COVID-19 and hopefully after it as well, I travel a hang of a lot. I, I've been to over 100 countries in the world, absolutely love traveling. My job takes me there. It's a real privilege. But I've also been super, super focused on being a tourist in my own city and my own country. Mm-hmm. And, and my, my daughters uh, and, my, and my wife and I, we, we absolutely love, we, we Joburg born and bred and we, we love exploring Joburg as tourists. And I wonder if over the next year, this is a wonderful insight you've just given me right now. I wonder if we should all do that. We're not going to be able to travel internationally for a while. We hopefully will be able to travel internally in South Africa in the next few months. And we should support our hospitality industry by doing that. And, but even now, as you say, in the next few weeks, as soon as the parks start opening, visit a part of the city you live in that you've never visited before. You will be allowed to, you're not going to be messing with COVID restrictions and you, you know, wear a mask and keep physical distancing, but we can, we can be tourists even in the middle of a COVID crisis. So I love that. It's not just what do we do after COVID, but what can we then do now that stuff we haven't been doing before and what a world we could live in if we all thought this way. I think so. This, is, this has been a good chat and I, I really am feeling a little bit lighter and I want to thank you, thank you for that. Graham Codrington, if people want to follow you, because I know you are very busy on social media, like I started off the show saying, Graham does not shy away from anything. If there's something on his mind that he doesn't agree with, he will put it out there. If he finds a bit of light in the day, he will pass that on as well. Um, and he is really a treat to follow. So, Graham, if people want to follow you, where's the best place? Is it just Graham Codrington on Facebook, or are you also on no, TikTok? So <laughs> <laughs> my 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 daughters have forbid me to go on TikTok. <laughs> they think that'd be a step too far for a for a nearly fifty year old white man. <laughs> They're probably right. So, uh, look, Graham is spelled the same way as the ex cricket captain, as uh, so a G R A E M E, and then. Cod Ring Tun. 
just as you said, Cod Rington. It's, 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 it sounds more difficult than it actually is. And you just go and search. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Don't do too much on, on, on Twitter for my mental health. I steer clear of that. But I'm on YouTube. Uh, YouTube's a really good place to go. I put out a lot of videos there. On Facebook, I've pretty much hit my 5,000 friend limit and I don't want to go to a public profile. But my profile is open, so you can just follow me and you'll, you'll be able to follow all my threads. LinkedIn's a, a little bit more sort of business focused and the work I do around strategy consulting. And then YouTube is a good place or just grahamcodrington.com. And you can go back and read my 100 lockdown reflections if they're of any interest to you. They're there on my blog on my website. Love, love, love. Thank you for your time today. I know you're a busy man. Um, and I just, again, this is like the fourth time I'm saying this, but thank you for all that you do. You really are a light in this world. That's Graham Codrington. And this was another episode of Good Things Jackpot. Um, guys, we've got so many podcasts. It's actually silly. So many different shows that you can go catch up on. And I'm actually going to implore you to listen to the first interview I did with Graham so that you can um, see if he's any different. I don't think so. I think he's the same guy. But that's it for this week. I'm wishing you only good things. Feel the feelings, but don't live in the anger. That's uh, what I think we need to take away from this. I'm Brent Lindeke, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy, and you've been listening to Good Things Guy, a Jackpot podcast. For more episodes or to subscribe, rate, or review my podcast, go to iTunes, Iona FM, or Google Podcasts. Be kinder than necessary to yourself and each other. Thanks, and only good things.